Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend who is oh so heart healthy, the mixtress DC Gina. Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> You're good for my heart, anyway. <laughs> so, Gina, I have good news for you, sort of. So according to the World Health Organization, Italians have the fifth highest life expectancy in the world. I believe that. But unfortunately, we Americans were way back at number 40. Also believe that. Why is that, you ask? I do ask why is that, but I believe it. <laughs> Sorry. What? Tell me why that is. <laughs> Good job. Red wine. Perfect. Of course, in moderation, you know, moderation is key and subjective. subjective I, I bought 24 opinion. ounce wine glasses, so you just dump that <laughs> shit in there. One glass. So it's one glass. See, it's all, you know, it, it's all relative. It really. is all relative. Point of view. So red wine is thought to be a key player, of course, and um, and Italians rank number two in wine consumption. Again, not anything that surprising. They're second only to the French. And again, we're way off. We're number 42 on that chart. I am really, uh, I am holding up my end of the bargain for the team, but apparently it's not working. That's why I want to retire in Italy. I want to live to be fucking a million. Just because you live in Italy? (laughs) What? (laughs) Just by changing your location? Yes. I'm buying what you're selling. Um, So the key ingredient is resveratrol. Easy for me to say, resveratrol. Um, It is found on the skins of red grapes, berries, chocolates, and peanuts. I love peanuts. All the things I love. Ah, There's peanuts. I love peanuts. And not only is it good for your heart, it is also proven to be good for your mind and your memory. And because some studies show resveratrol <laughs> actually reverses brain aging as much to, as much as 10 years. 10 wow. years, a whole decade. Well, my grandmother sounded like a crazy person at the end of her life, and she lived to be 97. So, well, you know, so, I love the red wine. <laughs> and so, but you know that um, Italians also rank one of the lowest in dementia in the world as well. Really? So, who knows? Who knows? Maybe you just drove her crazy. No, they just call you a witch in the end. Like, oh, she's a Svega. It's okay. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, she doesn't, you know, she's old. She knows she's old. She knows that. So all of this for me means that all my red wine drinking is not only making me healthier, it's making me pretty damn smart, too. <laughs> I, it's my story. I'm sticking to it. Um, and somebody who's going to help uh, prove this, my little theory, true, is today's designated drinker. He is living proof of all the benefits of wine. Please welcome to the show co-owner and viticulturist, am I saying that viticulturist correctly, of Ancient Peaks Wine, Doug Filippani. Welcome to the show, Doug. Hi, Doug. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see you too. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. You as well. You as well. So... Do you agree with all those uh, wacky wine tips that I found on the internets? You know, absolutely. And as I've kind of lived it, uh, I can tell you my first tur- uh, trip to Switzerland uh, to visit my aunts, uh, since we're from the Italian portion of Switzerland, it's called Cecino. And um, I, my first visit there to visit my aunts, I had two aunts there that were in their 90s that walked everywhere. They were sharp as a tack. They taught me how to drink water when you drink wine. Very important. If you drink a glass <laughs> of wine, you should always drink at least a half or more a glass of water. Agreed. Just to kind of keep you, uh, you know, uh, in in the straightest of lines. 
and they both lived close to, to 100, 199, the other 97. Wow. My uncle is 98 this July 31st, and I had four uncles and an aunt all live to be over 93 to 95. Wow. So, and they all, they all partook in a little bit of red wine every day. So I, I believe in it. <laughs> I like what you're selling. It actually helped us back in 1990 when we were planting uh, the first vineyards that we planted uh, to choose what we were going to plant because uh, it was kind of up in the air in those days in Paso Robles. You know, people knew us for our Zinfandel. Uh, Syrah was just kind of getting some recognition. But uh, Cabernet Sauvignon is the king of grapes. And Jim Smoot, a longtime advisor and uh, a grower in the Paso Robles area, was helping me get started. And uh, the French Paradox came out on uh, 60 Minutes in those days. You guys were probably still in diapers. But <laughs> you know, this, the French Paradox... The French paradox was all about how can these guys eat butter, smoke, and drink and live longer than Americans do with no heart disease. And it was uh, the resveratrol that you uh, mentioned earlier in the red wine. So anything in moderation that, uh, but particularly when you're in the wine uh, category, is good for you. Cool. Yeah, I think we, we always we always tote that. I mean, yes, we're two really fun type kind of gals, love our spirits, but we always do definitely push moderation, moderation, moderation. Not saying that we live it, but we say it. <laughs> I, sure. sense, I sense a little re reservation here. Sure. I own a late night bar. They said sure. we say it. We don't necessarily live it. I do agree with the water, though. You 100% need to drink water when you're drinking because you will feel it the next day for sure. It helps you. Absolutely, absolutely. So here's what I would like to do. Do this a little different. So of course, Doug sent us some of his beautiful wines, mm -hmm. and I would like to start off. If you don't mind, I would love to toast him. He's he was the agriculturalist of the year in 2021. I think that says so much. I'd love to find out how he got there, but I think straight off the bat, why don't we open this uh, Cabernet Sauvignon? Look at me self-serving. No, we're no Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, sorry, sorry, Sauvignon Blanc. You're right, you're right. Let's open the Sauvignon Blanc. What do you think? I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I like to call Sauvignon Blanc your mommy's little helper. Because if you have to go to like a soccer game and you have to talk to other moms, Maybe your water bottle has that nice. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you that um, this is my go-to in the summertime, absolutely. It's right up my alley. So cheers to all that you do. Please tell us what it took to become that uh, agriculturist of the year. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I think it just, uh, I was <laughs> in the right place at the right time. I've done a lot of, a lot of things over my lifetime, and, uh, and this was quite an honor. It was very humbling. Uh, there are a lot of, of uh, great folks that have won this award in the past. And actually, I'm reigning agriculturalist of the year until uh, just in a, in a in a short period of time. They're going to uh, they're going to choose a new one for for 2022. So I'm still wearing my crown, but it'll be at the mid state. It'll be at the mid state fair. Is that crown made of like a wreath of grapes or corn? Or it's actually a cowboy hat. <laughs> 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 it's actually a cowboy hat, but. Yeah, no, it, it was it was quite an honor. I was I was very uh, very uh, humbled to receive it. And uh, anyway, I, it it's been a lot of a lot of fun responding to the folks that that understand it. How do you like the Sauvignon Blanc? Isn't that isn't it crispy? Yes, I'm gonna say cheers. This is 
lovely. It's yummy. It's tropically. 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 Tropically, if that's a word, I'm sure it is. I 100% have learned one thing about wine. Wine is unique to your palate. Mm-hmm. And as I've tried, like, some of the best wines in the world, and then, of course, box wine from, like, you know, I don't know, Texas, like, you have your, your way of describing things. And, like, for me, like, um, tropically, to me, it's, like, always, like, the beginning of, like, pineapple and, like, kind of ends with, like, overripe, like, papaya guave flavors. Guave. So, for me, that's, like... To me, that's um, tropically. Yes. <laughs> and I know it sounds... Yeah. It's not. Actually, it's great that you picked that up because we'll, and when we're picking the Sauvignon Blanc, we'll start with the early pick to get the great acidity. Then we pick most of the fruit in the middle to get all the other characteristics you want in that Sauvignon Blanc. And then we have a late pick to get that tropically note just drop in there. Not to be overly tropical, but... Just enough so that a great nose like yours will pick it up. Is that where you get the, um, you know, you get the bricks from? Like you basically, you're looking for your sugar content in your wine. Do you pick it up at the end when you overripen the fruit a bit? Or is it in the middle? Actually, the bricks will come from the sugar. And the, the higher the sugar, the higher the bricks. And typically our wines are not high sugar. Uh, we live in uh, the, the coolest part of the Paso Robles AVA. We're down in the southern portion. So it's much cooler in terms of degree days. So a degree day is the amount of time in a day that it's over 50 degrees. So with us, we'll have nights that get down into the 40s and, and then low 50s. It'll spike up during the day up to 90, 95. And then as the sun goes down or in the afternoon, we get the ocean breezes being so close to the ocean and it cools down. That allows the, that allows the plant to shut down and stop producing sugar. And, and that's important for us on the central coast where we grow our grapes. This is my, I mean, I'm definitely the wine a wine drinker, and this is definitely a really nice Sauvignon Blanc. It's got those fruit notes, like you said, but that mineral just carries it through. It doesn't. It's not like you're drinking grapefruit soda. I mean, yeah. some that are just so sweet. This is really lovely. I really appreciate the mineral balance in this. Yes, thank you. It's very lovely, as it's gone. <laughs> and um, how hard is this to keep in stock? Well, you know, it is it is a struggle for us, but we're we're managing to do it. Uh, if you enjoy it, just go back and get another bottle. We're we're continually adding to the the vineyard in the Sauvignon Blanc uh, because it's become such a uh, a, a great uh, you might call it a porch pounder. And when it's warm in the afternoon, sit out front and have a glass or two of Sauvignon Blanc. It's it really picks up your spirits. You know what you said early on, you say keep your water in your wine, in, with your wine. I will tell you, I do bastardize my Sauvignon Blanc on a really hot day. I learned going to France and being in, um, spending time with the French. I learned that I could put ice cubes in my wine and it was acceptable. And I do in the summertime when it's really hot. Because I just love my white wines to be so, they're so refreshing. Who told you it wasn't acceptable? When you're drinking white Zinfandel, that's no, not acceptable. No, I just like back in the day, like I remember I would see my aunts put like ice cubes in their In their wine, white Zinfandel. And I'd be like, ugh. And, or even maroon the reds. And you're like, ooh. But then, that, you know, that was an old, a, a myth. I was a young kid going to France drinking. And I was like, oh, you never put ice in your wine as if I knew something. And then I was like, oh, I don't know anything. <laughs> the, the greatest thing I ever had in my life was the first time I ever had Gruner Vetliner um, in Europe. And I was like. 
and they took a bottle of soda water, of you know, mineral water and ice, and they poured it half and half in the glass. I go, what are you doing to the wine? They're like making it so you could drink it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we were drinking it, and I had the best afternoon. Yes, I had the best afternoon of my life, and I oh, little spritzer, that's great. But I and I love yeah. Grunewaldliner, but like I've learned that Grunewaldliner loves a little like, you know, a little carbonation, and you know, it gives it like opens it up and makes it brighter, and like it really tastes like the notes of the chamomile and stuff like that. So, I'm I'm okay with it, but you know, no winemaker talks about it. It does take water to make wine, so yes. there is a little bit in there, you know. <laughs> I think there's a book about that. Turning water into wine. And that Bible. <laughs> so weird. Keeps coming up in conversation <laughs> in the non-religious sector. Oh, so many jokes. We're going to leave them on the table, though. <laughs> no, I, I say we try not to compare ourselves in that regard. Even if we do make a lot of wine, uh, we, uh, we, we'll stay away from that one. We don't want to <laughs> upstage anybody out there that might be watching down on us. Yeah, yeah. No reason to tempt fate. <laughs> no. Uh, so, Doug, you didn't just start off in grapes. Can you give us a little bit of that history? Sure. Uh, so I was born in Paso Robles uh, and uh, raised on a dairy there. Uh, my folks had a dairy until I was in my teens. Uh, so everything else in life looks easy when you're raised on a dairy because it's a seven-day-a-week, uh, whatever time of day you need to do, whatever it is you need to do, you just do it. And they're there's no real clock, time clock. There's no pace schedule. You just do what you do. And uh, from that point, I went on to, to Cal Poly and uh, studied ag business management and learned an awful lot about uh, economics, uh, diverse, uh, diversification, and lots of things that uh, you wouldn't learn just uh, staring at the underside of a cow. So it was a very uh, enlightening experience. And uh, once I finished my uh, my my time at Cal Poly, I went on to start a well drilling company with my next door neighbor, who we had been friends ever since we were in the seven eight year old category, and uh, we created this uh, well drilling company. We were drilling wells for a lot of folks that were coming from all over, and they were airline captains and retired city managers. Uh, retired fire chiefs, anyone that had a, a decent uh, pension and a 401k maybe. <laughs> and they were coming and buy, they'd buy 20, 40, 60, 80 acres and we would drill a well for them. And I would inquisitive and I, what are we doing? Why are, why are we drilling these wells? Well, we've done all our research and this came from more than one, most every one of them pre-Googled, mind you, back in the, <laughs> in the 80s. We did all this research and Paso Robles, California is the best place in the world to grow varietal wine grapes. And I go, really? Yeah, my grandfather's been making wine from here, and my father makes wine from here. I said, what are you going to plant? And they were planting Cab and Merlot. They were planting Syrah, Zinfandel. They were planting all kinds of things. So we were involved in agriculture, as I might have mentioned earlier, uh, growing alfalfa and a few other things. So we started with the 24 acres of Cabernet, and uh, eventually ended up planting uh, quite a few acres of, of uh, different varieties and all the way up to starting the, uh, the, the brand of Ancient Peaks in 2007, launching it. At least we started in 05. I can't even imagine what it takes to um, 
do 24 acres of wine, like taking care of it, or let alone, how many acres do you have now total? Oh, good Lord. How many thousands? <laughs> well, a little over a thousand is what we're farming for uh, on the uh, the Margarita Vineyards. Uh, we we the, the vineyards that we initially planted back in the day, we, we sold uh, because it was just too difficult to serve too many masters. So we're focusing on Margarita. It's a, it's a wonderful location in the Paso AVA. Makes extraordinary wines and different wines than, than you would expect to get out of Paso Robles. And it, uh, it's, it's really the hallmark of the Ancient Preaks brand, coming, the fruit coming from Margarita, Santa Margarita, California. And that's just located about 22 miles south of Paso Robles. It's a ranch, right? It's Santa, Santa Margarita Ranch, correct? Yeah, Santa Margarita Ranch. He has 240 miles of road on this ranch. Jesus Christ. <laughs> dirt roads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they tell you to take a dirt road, you kind of have to go a little slow because of the dust. But no, it's, it's, uh, it's been quite an experience uh, on the Santa Margarita. It's a historic ranch beautiful it was founded as a uh, mission property by the franciscan missions uh it has a an assistencia building on it that was built in the late 1700s completed about 1800 that's wow. the stone and mortar building one of the first in california so it's quite quite a quite a, a legacy piece of property yeah it's special is what it is that's like amazing yeah, like it's, it's when they say it's touch by it's like a, it's got the touch yeah it's, you know? Yeah, it, it'd be a really big touch, though. It'd be a really big touch. Because did you not tell me that New York and or, and or San Francisco could sit on the ranch? Pretty much, yeah. You could put Manhattan right on the footprint, yeah, or San Francisco. That's insane, right? Disneyland, if you know how big Disneyland is. You, needless to say, <laughs> you could get your steps in, I think. Yeah. <laughs> We, I live in um, I live in Maryland, and there's a corn farm that like produces more corn than like corn that feeds most of like the East Coast, like right across from me. Really? Yeah, they have something like 780 acres of corn. That's a lot of corn. Yes, it is. It is, but they produce a lot of silver. This particular corn that goes out all over the East Coast, and um, I always said it. I'm like, can you imagine this is not here? We'd have to like look at other people, and like, and Neil's <laughs> like, I know, I know, it's so crazy. But I was just thinking, God, it would be okay if I was like looking at, um, you know, a vineyard, vineyard. to yeah. produce shitty wine on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> it would look pretty if nothing else. It would look gorgeous. What most folks don't realize is is that corn and our vineyards uh, absorb tons of CO two out of the air. They pull a lot of of carbon out of the air, and uh, if it were not for the all the corn and all the Agriculture that we plant, um, you know, the there'd be a lot more carbon in the air. So there are a lot of things that uh, you don't even realize are byproducts. We're we're trying to grow grapes, but we're doing some some good on the green side as well. Well, you are because you, you described it when we talked the other day. You described the way you make wine the old-fashioned way. Will you explain to our listeners what that means? Because it means a lot more than just I mean, just the simple way of making wine. Well. Yes, uh, so I'll tell you the first uh, wine that I can remember was made in an old oak tank that my grandfather uh, had from you know the night or 1930s, 1920s, wow. 1930s, and I remember they would just 
crush the fruit and dump it in. And then they would get up on top and push the grapes down. And it was a relatively large tank. I mean, it was about six foot, eight foot wide and about same in height. And uh, we made wine in, in 92, 93. Uh, that's how old that thing was. But it's a matter of getting the grapes integrated into the juice, the skins, and then that's what gets you your color. And then drain it off, run it through the old Tina, they call it, the press, <laughs> you know, grinding down. That's the old, that's the, the old fashioned way. Now we do that as well, but in a little more modern for, you know, we're, we have a few things that move it around a little better. And, but we still put the wine after it's, uh, after it's fermenting and, for, and through its fermentation, we'll put it into oak barrels and we, we uh, store that wine in oak barrels until it's ready to bottle. And that's kind of the, uh, the old-fashioned way of making wine. And there, there are all kinds of ways to make wine, but that particular way allows the, the wine itself to, to condense itself into where you get those great um, uh, characteristics in the mouth, mouthfeel minerality all those things hey you got to start with the the great fruit just number one but if you if you make the wine properly it's going to taste great starting with great fruit yeah remember well that's why i start with gina <laughs> yes <laughs> it's a great way to start the day yeah i mean i feel like that's uh i immediately have like the flush on my face it's like it's right right off the jump yeah i don't know it always happens to me well, it, I now I just feel normal. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I feel good. I'm back norm. I know. I'm I mean, I was back. like, I'm not gonna drink all of this. I just chugged it. Yeah, it's um, good stuff. Let's try. Let's try this. <laughs> I had the luck of um, knowing a lot of uh, winemakers and being able to do punch downs and like learn how to do the old way, and then now the fancy new way with the basket presses and stuff. And um, it is it is an art to do it by hand, like to have that like ability, especially in a large scale production to do something like that. Like that's, uh, that's incredible. I, I would die. <laughs> we have a lot of hands involved in our winemaking, but of course, to try to make any kind of volume, we have to do this uh, not in the old, not the way we made it in the wine, Tina, but we're still using a lot of those practices, uh, the pump overs, uh, making sure we extract a lot of uh, the color to get that beautiful color you have in that Cabernet. It is stunning. All right. So our listeners know we've poured the Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, no, I keep, yeah, yes, we like yes. the Cabernet Sauvignon. And we're going to, we're, obviously, Gina and I need more drink because we can't get our labels right. Um, so let's try this. I don't know how you go from one to the other without like This is such a beautiful... Um, easy it's it's a beautiful cabernet it it's it's um she's approachable she's she welcomes you in it's not um a big fruit bomb which you and i discussed is not my cup of tea this is a really well balanced cabernet it's not like so i'm not a fan of the big juicy what year is this this is a 2020 it's grassy it's good. So I like that it's very balanced. Good. Glad you like it. How long do you like to keep people, like, like so for Cabernets and Zinfandels and people are buying your 2020, do you, like, drink some, hold some? Like, what do you, when do you think that it, like, hits its peak? Well, it, this particular wine you're drinking right there is a 2020 Cabernet. 
that Cabernet you could drink in 10, 15, 20 years. It's made, you know, it has a decent amount of alcohol. It's not over the top with alcohol. Uh, it yeah. has all that structure and balance, as you mentioned. There's oak components, but <clears throat> the the tannin structure and acidity. And do you notice the acidity? It, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, it has great acidity and the wine will stand a long time. But we always... Our winemakers are always on the same page that we want to make wine taste good. If it's a 2020 and it's 2022, it should be drinkable. And as you said, it's approachable, but not over the top fruit bomb. It's got nice fruit characteristics, but nothing, you know, just really jumps out. It's got those nice black fruit components. But the minerality and the acidity and the tan- the tannin structure all carry it in a balance. And that's that's really the key to making wine taste good. Yeah, I got that right there, right in the back, yes. um, and that finish. Um, <clears throat> I, in, in, I, I, we, when I was telling Doug and I were talking before, I was very honest. I'm like, I often stay away from California cabs because they tend to be so fruit forward, and it's not that it's just not my palate. It's not saying that it's not a good wine. It's just not my palate. To your point, it's so personal. Um, but this definitely, he makes me. Um, re- take back some of my words because I mean, this is obviously from California and it isn't, um, it isn't that fruit bomb. I mean, I know many people love that about cabs. That's why they're drawn to them. That's why they go great with dark chocolate or big heavy meats. Um, but this for me would, I mean, I I'd love to have this with, um, either way, <laughs> a big piece of chocolate, like a little dark, little dark chocolate would be you beautiful. Drink this by the or glass. You could drink, oh, I was going to say, or, I was gonna say, or <laughs> with cheese or by itself. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a good like, by-the-glass pour, for sure. Do you have, like, a lot of people buy it for that reason, for, like, on-premise? Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah, because you don't, it, it doesn't need anything. No. A lot, a lot of times, red wine needs, like, support. Like you just said, cheese, meat, you know, certain things, pasta, fat. You know, things that, like, kill, like, the content. Well, I got plenty of fat. That's why I'm good with red wine, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> Welcome to the wait after COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was the toughest part for us that during COVID uh, times was we had a lot of this. Uh, our wines were on-premise, and, you know, with on-premise shutdown, as you well well know, the, it, uh, it was a little tough for us. But fortunately, folks found us... Uh, they came to our, our facility and we increased our direct consumer, which was great. But, you know, you always got to keep moving no matter what happens. You got to keep moving and try something different. And uh, we're back out in the world again. And, and the, the Cabernet is, is really showing well on the on-prem right now. Perfect, perfect. I think this is a good time for you to show us something different. Yeah, we're going to show you a trick. Show us a a cool trick. Um, Before we do that, I want to do a little housekeeping um, to get the tips and tricks, which we'll come back to. Um, You'll definitely go to... DesignatedDrinker.show. That's DesignatedDrinker.show. And the reason I want to mention it now, because it's the end of part one, and I want to make sure our listeners know that um, when we're talking about direct-to-consumer, you can get um, Ancient Peaks... Uh, on the internets, no matter where you are. They like go to, sent to your house? Sent to your house. Yes, that's what I love. Yes, yes. So yeah. I want to make sure that, you know, that our listeners know they can go to our website or just into our, our episode notes, and we'll have a link to make sure that they can get to these amazing California wines. I love that when it just shows up at your house. You're like, yes. So now it's all you, sister. Okay. So it's time for your trick. Spent fruit. 
fruit that's gone bad, rotten fruit, turned fruit, fruit that you wouldn't take a big bite out of, right? Well, this, to my friends, is what the gold is. You know, that ugly, oh my gosh, it's got a brown spot on it, I'm not sure if I can eat it, is literally what you want to be using when you're making your cocktails. So I'm going to show you why, right? Now let's look at this. You're like, ugh. I can't, I can't have that in my life. I can't use that. You can, because it's going to be the sweetest, juiciest version of what the fruit's going to be in general. And all you're going to have to do is, because it's so soft, is either use your fingertips or you just give it a little muddle and you get all of this wonderful, pulpy deliciousness with little, little effort. And I find that to be what's so wonderful about um, stone fruit and different fruit that you've kind of let, you know, turn a bit. Right? Do I think that you should eat it moldy? No. Do I, have I eaten it moldy? Yes. Have I served it to you moldy? No. If you said it was okay, I might. It has a different flavor too, but that's a whole different episode. Anyway, we're gonna take these beautiful pine berries and just, you know, give it a little squeeze, right? And you're like, oh, what's that little love tap? Like, it's just beautiful. Look at this liquid. It's just like stunning and gorgeous. So what we're gonna do and what we learn on this tip is keep all that fruit, keep all that turned rotten fruit and use it in your drinks. Well, now I uh, now I know what to do with all the fruit that I, I, I buy and have every... Uh, Embrace I, your spoils, Louise. I know, I will, I will. I have to because I often, I am terrible. I am one of those people that buy too much fruit at one time. I get seduced in the aisle and I buy too much and I can't eat it all before it goes. So this is a great tip. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, I love it. And then you... Waste not. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll use it in a minute. And Absolutely. And a great cocktail. Yes. And our next in part two, speaking of, so this does bring um, part one with Doug Filippani, uh, the owner and viticulturist of ancient. You know, like a, I went to say it like, I don't know. Where the French accent come from? No, but it's okay. like British. Vita. Vita. I don't know. Viticulturist. I don't know. I like it. I've been drinking wine. Leave me alone, Gina. Uh, <laughs> it's from Ancient Peaks Winery, by the way. Um, but if you're anything like Gina or me, um, just a few sh uh, sips of these amazing wines is just not enough. So uh, go top off your drink and uh, get ready to check out part two of this episode as we continue our boozy banter. And Gina's going to share her delicious Doug-inspired cocktail recipe. Cheers. See you in part two. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.